apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Annie Mac Home is an equal housing lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Annie Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 2011210L. Call for additional details. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him, he taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball. Because the Yankees are not, they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the race, and the race do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Welcome to Sports Talk with RJ. I'm Steve Risser along here with Justin Anafrio. And last night we had the second uh, we had the second week of the college football playoff rankings. And pretty much the same as they were last week. Uh, obviously, we started at the top with Ohio State being number one. Now I got my opinion. That Georgia is number two. And now you got Michigan, Florida State, Washington still at five. Oregon, so you got all these all those one loss teams with with Oregon, Texas, Alabama, Miss, Ole Miss, and Penn State all all uh, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten, and then Ole Miss at eleven, and then you got uh, Oregon State and Tennessee twelve and thirteen. Really, outside of thirteen, it doesn't matter because none of those teams, both those teams, have what the committee doesn't want uh, from thirteen down. You got two; they have two losses, and they're not going to win their conference titles. So everybody from thirteen down is 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 eliminated. There's no chance anyone. From 13 down is making the college football playoffs. But again, we got to start at one. And, and it just makes no sense. It makes no sense that a team that hasn't lost a game in two years, the SEC championship game in 2021, that was the last game Georgia lost, is number two behind a team that was close to being down by, by two scores to Rutgers in the second half. It makes no sense at all that Ohio State – is the number one team in the country. And it even makes more – and they and they try to say, oh, we're going to go off resume. That's why they're number one. Well, if you're going off resume, then Oregon shouldn't be number six. Now, I agree with Oregon being number six. I completely agree with Oregon being number six because the eye test tells you that Oregon's number six. But if you're going off – if you want to go off eye test there, you definitely, definitely have to have Georgia number one. It makes no sense for Ohio State to be the number one team in the country, especially with the quarterback that they have. Yeah, I'm with you. Well, the commissioner, whatever, he was, you know, they played a top 20 defense in Rutgers. Top oh, 20 my defense. God. Rutgers, a top 20 defense? Are you kidding me? Who are they playing? They played a top 20 defense in Rutgers? Are you serious? Yes, that's why Ohio State was still number one. Oh, my God. So, I'll take your Oregon one a step further. Why don't we flip Bob Washington and Florida State then for playing the resume game? They just beat another top 20 team. And Washington got the best one of the of, – they got the best win all year of beating Oregon at home because yeah, I think to, Oregon's – To me, that makes no sense if Washington, Florida State's ahead of Washington. Washington mm-hmm. has better wins, and I feel like 
They know they're both undefeated. I know Florida State blew out uh, LSU. It was a close game in the first half, but I know they beat LSU opening night. But LSU's a three-loss team. I, I, I don't get that either. I, these rankings are really weird. I really don't get these rankings, to be honest with you, especially if you're no. top ten. No, there's some weird ones. Yeah, like LSU, like, how are they still in? They're 6-3. and three. They're the same team as USC. They yeah. have an awesome quarterback but can't stop anybody. They're still yeah, they're in. Number 19, they're, yeah, they're number 19. I mean, they're not, they have no chance to make the playoff, but they're yeah, number 19. Know, that's weird. Yeah. That's yeah, it's, yeah, some of these rankings are just – like Iowa should not be ranked. Like, if, you know, they're 7-2, uh, but they're 22nd in the country. Yeah, like, you know, I'm with you with that. Washington – Probably should have flip flop flip flop with Washington State. I mean, with Washington. Um, but yeah, like if you're doing resume, then do resume. Continue it. Don't just. But that's consistency. Stick, stick to one thing. I'm so tired of this committee not sticking to one thing. Yeah, you know, uh, they, they they they're going with they're going with resume with one two. I don't know what the heck they're doing with four and five. I have no idea what they're doing with Florida State and Washington. I don't know what they're doing there because Washington should be out of Florida State. Uh, yeah, because they play in a much tougher conference than Florida State does. And again, that's that's where you that's where they're saying I test. I think Washington's even a better team than Florida State too. So maybe maybe they're, they're going I test there because Florida State's been more impressive than some of the bad teams. I know Washington struggled against Stanford, and, and didn't they struggle against Arizona, Arizona State too? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, against Arizona State, and Stanford. Or maybe they're going they're going they're going I test there. But but, but it's so but, but then but then they go I test with the whole Oregon with the whole Oregon Texas Alabama thing and Texas and Alabama have better wins than than than, than, than Oregon does because Oregon hasn't played some of the tougher teams they still have to play Oregon State and still have to play USC they still have those two teams on their schedule and I and uh, and 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 uh, they did they didn't beat Washington so uh, yeah so uh, technically uh, Texas and Alabama have better wins so so that's why uh, that's why they're going uh they're going uh. uh they're going up. They're going eye test there with Oregon, but they're not consistent. The only thing the committee did well was they did have the 13 teams I wanted. They did have the 13 teams that have a chance to win their conference as the top 13. I'll give them credit for that. The rest of it, though, it's very, very inconsistent. Yeah, that's what it always is. That's why I don't like it. That's why I just like I don't even really watch the show. I just see the comments after from like the commissioner. I just like I don't even watch the show because I. You know, I just look at them after, like I could care, I you know, because it's like they're just it's so uh yeah, it just they're all over the place with all, with these rankings all the time, um, and yeah, they're just there's never any consistency, and that's what I that's what I think everybody asks for. Just give us consistency, and you never do, and or they never do, and you know, like Nord ain't still in there. You know why Nord ain't still in there, right? Why? Because they get so if they're still sitting there at twenty, they still got a chance to play for near six. Oh, Notre Dame ratings. Oh yeah, a, t- a team that lost. Uh, Notre Dame lost to Notre Dame lost to Louisville. Yeah, yeah. I know Louisville's good, but they, Notre Dame lost to Louisville and they lost to Clemson. Like those are two teams in the ACC. How are they top twenty-five? I don't yeah, get that yeah. at all either. Ratings near six. They still got an opportunity. Exactly. That's why. Yeah, you know that's yeah. why. You know yeah. that's why I kind of just I you know you got to take some of it with like all right you know you got to figure out kind of in their lens what they're looking at there. But yeah, you know, I I'm with you. you know, they still got the 12 teams that do still have a shot here. You know, like if you're going, you know, yeah. Cause like, if you're going resume, you got to go resume all the way. If you're doing the eye test and you have to, you know, then yes. And there's, you know, Ohio state should be number one, but there should not be number one, but yeah, it's they're just, they're it's only consistent. They're all over the place. It's just, I, I don't know. I just I get so annoyed with the com- committee. And again, the BCS was an awful thing too. But like, man, sometimes I just wish maybe the BCS was back because that's crazy yeah, to I, say. That's crazy. To it say is, that. but it is. But maybe ne- and next year maybe it helps that there'll be twelve teams. And but I don't know. I just the committee is just just always. It's just always wonky. Yeah, it makes absolutely no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. It makes no sense that Ohio State – the, the one that bothers me the most, and it bothered me last week, is Ohio mm-hmm. State being the number one team in the country. Because, to me, they're not even a top five team in the country. I think that uh, I, I think that uh, Georgia's definitely better. I think that Michigan's a more complete team. I think that uh, Florida State's better. And I think that Oregon's better. I honestly don't think Ohio State's a top five team in the country with the quarterback that they have. And they've proven it week by week with some of the wins they've had. They've been, they struggled with Wisconsin, who doesn't, it was not that it was not good. They struggled with Rutgers. 
if if they, if, they, if there's not if that holding call doesn't happen the Penn State game, they, they they might lose that game. So every week they just they, they just don't impress me. Ohio State doesn't impress me with the quarterback that they have. No, yeah, McCord has not been great. He just he's just so tentative. It looks like sometimes soon he just doesn't trust in his wide receivers all the time, and which has yeah, a problem. You got Marvin Harrison, but um, you know as your emergency blanket. But yeah, like I'm with you, like. They weren't going eye test, or they, they were going eye test. Yeah, I'm with you. Like Ohio State probably is probably fifth right now because yeah, their offense just it has not clicked all year, and maybe they could click in Michigan State this week because they're awful. But it'll be interesting though. Like Georgia's playing, you know, Ole Miss and Michigan Penn State. Like will be it'll be interesting this week if they start to kind of move Ohio State back a bit. You know that that you know we'll see kind of how much the resume means after Georgia and Michigan if they both win this week if they start to kind of shuffle that top three there, which oh, part of me sure. thinks they will, part of me does thinks they, they will. If Georgia and Michigan win, they got to move them up at Ohio state. That that's where they get, that's when they can stop using this resume excuse. If Georgia beats Ole Miss and Michigan goes into Penn state and wins, they, they got to move both, both those two schools ahead of Ohio, both those two teams ahead of Ohio state. Yeah, they should. I'm with you. They should. I just, I don't know. I, I, I yeah. Like I, I seriously don't know. It's like, you see, you don't ever, you you don't know what these guys don't, but that, but they're ever going to put together because you know they obviously don't watch all the games, but yeah, like Ohio State on the eye test, they they should not be no more right now. It's just yeah, they're they're they, you know, the offense just is not clicking. And again, I would you know Michigan has not let up, or Michigan has not, or um, and a Michigan opponent so far this year, they have not given up, or they have not faced a first and goal this year. Like that's how down Michigan wow. has been. Wow. Like, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, you know, yeah, you know, Georgia and Michigan should probably definitely be how Ohio State, but yeah, we'll, again, maybe it changes this week, maybe, you know, but who knows? They should, if Michigan, I mean, if Ohio State does not beat Michigan State by three, by four scores, then yeah, they should definitely move back after the week because they're playing a bad Michigan State team this weekend. Absolutely. 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 Now we're going to get to the games this weekend. We're going to get to the biggest game this weekend. We got Michigan and Penn State. And I think I think this is going to be a great game between these two teams. I, I here's the thing: something's got to give give on uh, so, something's got to give on uh, uh, on Saturday. Michigan's offense has not had a game where they've had under 100 rushing yards, but outside of the West Virginia game, Penn State hasn't given up over 100 rushing yards. So something's got to give on Saturday. I do think what's going to happen is Michigan is going to go over 100 rushing yards. I think they're going to have a pretty good pretty good game running the ball, but. I do think Drew Aller is going to play pretty well against this defense. He played his best game last week. They're, they're, I think they're going to face a first and goal this week. They're going to against Penn State because I think that Drew Aller plays pretty well. I think they do a decent job running the ball. But I think the difference in this game is going to be I think Michigan will run the football better. And I do think this Michigan defense is going to force a couple turnovers from, uh, from Drew Aller. And let's be honest. You can't trust James Franklin in these big games. He's four and fourteen against Ohio State and Michigan. He's one and nine against Ohio State. Yeah, he's not terrible against Jim Harbaugh. He's three and five against Harbaugh. But look at his three—the three time, the three, the three Harbaugh teams he beat. The 2017 team that was not a great team. The 2019 Michigan team was not a great team. And then the 2020 Michigan team that was probably uh, that was Harbaugh's worst team. When Harbaugh's had a really good team, he's had his way with James Franklin. Had his way in 20. He had his way in 2016. Had his way in 2018. They beat them bad in 2016. He beat them bad in 2018. And he beat them bad in 2022. And then he beat them in 2021 in that really close game where Eric called the touchdown. So when when Jim Harbaugh has had a, a, a really good team, he has beaten Franklin. He's been really good against Franklin with really good teams. The only times he's lost to Franklin is when he hasn't had that good of a team. So, uh, so I think this is a close competitive game. But as a Penn State fan, I'm going to take Michigan to stay undefeated. I got Michigan winning this game 27-20. But, Justin, can Penn State stay in the playoff race? No, yeah, Michigan 17-10. Um, wow. Yeah. I Again, I I did think Drew Iowa played really well last week. I'm not trying to take any away from Penn State, but I thought that was more Maryland just quit. Like, I thought yeah, Maryland. That, 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 that coach going to get fired at Maryland. They might get – what are they at now? I think they got five, five and wins. four. They've lost four in a row. Yeah. They lost to Illinois and they lost to Northwestern. Yeah, I what their schedule coming up? They got Nebraska on the road, Michigan, still in Rutgers. Like if they lose out, I I could see that happening. But I, you know, that's a good. I'm trying to 
I don't know what his contract's at right now, but yeah. Maryland, they, they got Under Armour money, so we'll see. But it, it, I wouldn't be shocked if he gets fired the way they played Saturday. That was that was a pathetic effort by by the Terrapins. Um, but going back to the Penn State Michigan game, for me with Penn State, how you know, there's not a different maker on this offense. And who's you know, like Dante Cypress again finally kind of had a good game last week, but can he do it now against a really good Michigan team? They need him to. They need him to make a couple of big plays. And Michigan's going to get after Drew Aller. And how does he do under pressure? Because I think he's only completing like 38% of his passes when he's under pressure. It's going to be – now, it's at home. So, like, I do expect him to play better than he did at Ohio State. But it's – this defense is nasty. They Again, I've said it the last couple of times we talked about Michigan. They got guys up on the defensive line like Georgia does the last couple of years. Like, they have dudes that are going to be drafted high, high, high up there. You know, can Penn State give them enough time to make plays in this one? And then, you know, for the Wolverines with McCarthy, I do think he's improved somewhat. But, like, how much have they saved? Because they have not needed to show anything this year. Um, it, So, like, I'm wondering what they've kind of held back. You know, McCarthy, like, he kind of turned into a runner at the end of last year. He hasn't really done that much at all. So, I'm wondering if they're going to bring that kind of element back this week. And... Michigan doesn't have a Marson, Marvin Harrison either. You know, they, they, their slot guy, Roman Wilson, you know, usually, yeah, they'll line up in the slot. I, he could be so, like, he's not a Marvin Harrison low, but he is somebody that can make a couple of big plays this week and maybe give Michigan that advantage in this one. But I feel like, you know, going back to Penn State too, you're not going to have a 14 play drive for 75 yards against this defense. You're going to have to hit explosive plays. And I just, I know they did a little bit last week. And I know they did in the Indiana, Indiana game, but I just, I don't, I don't know if they're going to be able to do that against this Michigan team. I just think it's to be very low scoring. And I think Penn state is going to need like a defensive touchdown on this one or a couple of defensive kind of forces at some turnovers or special team play. And I just, I think Michigan's defense is just going to be too tough. And I, I see them struggling in this one. And if, unfortunately for James Franklin, a year where could have got uh, – I know Michigan were better than everybody thought, but this was kind of the year where James Franklin really had a really good chance. But, uh, you know, you lose this one, obviously, those, that all goes down the drain. Absolutely, absolutely. Now going to a little bit of a bigger story, and this is the Michigan science-stealing scandal and having this connected to the game on Saturday – how much of a distraction do you think this science say there's a potential suspension from Har- now if there's a potential suspension from Harbaugh before this game then definitely it's a distraction but if say Harbaugh is not suspended for this game for some for some reason how big of a distraction though will it be for Michigan going into this game I think for Michigan I I think they're I think it's more of a kind of like the Astros way of like we're going to still show you we're good even if we are you know we if you believe you know, they, even if they're stealing the sign, I believe they're going out there and you're like, okay, we could still go out there and just absolutely crush you. You know, like we don't need the signs of, you know, the sign stealing stuff to, to win football games. Like I, I think it's a motivational factor for Michigan. You know, it sounds like if anything happens, it's going to come down from the Big Ten today. I don't, they're like, I don't see Harbaugh against Fendi because the Michigan's just going to go fight that in court. And again, that's not going to get decided till the offseason. So I don't see Harbaugh getting suspended. Um, I don't think that's very likely, or if it is, they're going to fight it. So look, you know, it's, I, I think it's a big motivational factor for Michigan. I think they kind of, they were wearing shirts when Harbaugh did his own kind of three game suspension at the beginning of the year. They were like, they had free Harbaugh shirts on like, oh, wow. this is, so this is all motivational stuff. And I, I think Harbaugh is really kind of drilling that into them. And they, they, uh, around their practice field, they put up like 15 foot fences this week, The you know, like. They're again kind of all you know, making sure that nobody's peeking against them, I guess. So I, I think it's all motivational for Michigan. I, I think I know I don't could be a little bit of distraction, but I don't I don't I think Harbaugh turns it into a good like a positive thing, I guess. Like, you know, team wise. Yeah, well, yeah, I I don't think it will be. I think Harbaugh, if he's not suspended, is gonna have his team ready to go. And, and I just don't think it's gonna be a distraction. If this was a distraction, they would have, you know, maybe struggled with some with the Michigan States and the Purdue's and they didn't. So I, I don't think it's going to be a distraction. But the next question, uh, uh, going now focusing on Penn State, if Franklin wins this game, would this be the biggest win of his career at Penn State? I'd say the second biggest win. I think the biggest win of his career was the uh, was the Wisconsin win because that 
winning that game gave them a shot on Selection Sunday to make the playoff. Mm. Even if they win this game, they'd still need Michigan to beat Ohio State. And even with that, it's still going to be a, it's going to still going to be difficult for them to win the Big Ten East. It's going to be difficult to decide which one of those three teams is going to. Do you know what the tiebreaker is if they all beat each other up? I think it's either. I think it's a combination. Your combination of the three Big Ten West schools you played, I believe. Okay. So, I'd have to like go deep in. I know yeah. Penn State played. Penn Penn State played. Illinois Iowa and Ohio. Iowa. Yeah. That, that, Illinois starting to play better. Yep. Wisconsin so played. Could, Ohio State played Wisconsin. Yep. Uh, Michigan had Purdue, uh, Minnesota, Nebraska. But like all those West teams, like they're all four and two, three and three. Like it's all jumbled together. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's anybody's race. So I exactly. I think it's that, or it's like the best record you played from the West out of the three. Gotcha. It's all it's either gotcha. it's out of the West. Gotcha, gotcha. It's but 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 even say if he even if he wins this game, uh, you're not guaranteeing that Penn State's going to go to the playoff. They're going to be going to make the playoff. I know they didn't make it in 2016, but at least it was a Big Ten championship and they had a chance on Selection Sunday. So I would say this would be the second biggest win in his career. This would be top three. This would be top three with uh, the Wisconsin win, uh, the, uh, the the obviously the obviously the Ohio State win in 2016. This would definitely be top three with the Wisconsin win and the Ohio State win in 2016. Do you think though, yeah, if he with, wins this yeah. game, would this be his biggest win yeah i agree with you yeah this would because he really needs this one like there's you know i because i was even thinking about it you know when he was at vandy i was watching vandy again this week or you know i saw him play and it's like you know he won 10 games there which is nine 10 games which is very impressive but he did it when all those sec east teams were down so like i'm not trying to take anything away from him but like if those sec teams were east teams were at normal level maybe it goes six wins so i'm not trying to say he's a bad coach but this is like a huge, you know, this is absolutely a huge game. You had a Drew, you know, you got Drew Aller. I know he's still a sophomore. He's got a couple years left, but this is supposed to be an upgrade from Sean Clifford. This guy was supposed to get you the next step. You know, if he goes out there and just plays horrible again, then yeah, it kind of puts a lot of, puts a lot of more pressure again. Cause uh, it's not going to get easier with Oregon and Washington coming in. We'll see what happens to USC. I'm not you know high on them, but. You know, like it's not going to get easy any easier to win this conference. So, I think this was kind of the year going in where you felt like Penn State had the chance. You lose a both of them yet again. It is a little bit of down here, but yeah. So it'd be it'd be such a huge one for him to get this one. Yeah. So would you? I, I would have him as I would obviously have it as second best win. You'd have it as best win if he gets it. Yeah. Actually, after um, I'll go with my the second win as well. Gotcha. You know, because gotcha. yeah, that's Wisconsin the year they won the Big Ten. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, huge, huge, huge year for James. Huge, huge game for James Franklin. Huge game for Penn State and Michigan. Should be a really good game between those two teams. But we got to move on to the game in the SEC between Ole Miss and Georgia. And this is a very interesting game. You got Ole Miss number nine. You got Georgia number two. Ole Miss trying to keep their college football playoff hopes alive. The thing is, they're gonna have a tough time winning the SEC with with Alabama winning that game on Saturday night. They're gonna have a tough time winning the SEC West. So they need Alabama to lose to both Kentucky and uh, Auburn. So that's gonna be really tough. So they're gonna try to. The old Miss is just, just really good. Their old Miss for old Miss, they just got to hope. So they just got to win out and maybe hope and hope for chaos if they, if they to see if they can get that, if they can somehow sneak into the college football playoff. But I think this is a really good game between these two teams. I think Bowers' injury will keep this game closer. I think Milton though is a good game on the ground. I think Beck plays well. I think it comes right down to the end. I think I'm going to go with Georgia here. I think it's, I think both teams play well. I think both defenses play pretty well too. I think it's, it comes right down to the end where Georgia kicks a game-winning field goal, and I got the Bulldogs staying undefeated. Winning this game 27-24, but Justin, can Ole Miss keep their college football playoff hopes alive? No chance. I no chance. Really? Wow. Yeah. Without Brock Bowers? You still don't, you don't think they have a chance? I don't think I beat it Alabama. You don't think they have a chance? No, I got 41-24. I don't wow. think Ole Miss. Ole Miss wow. defense is overrated. Really? Wow. A&M went up and down the field last week, and A&M lost their best receiver. Wow. Carson wow. Beck's playing well. I think this is the week Georgia kind of gets a running game going, but – so I think I see this game going two ways. I see this as, okay, so Georgia next week, they're going to Tennessee. They're playing a Saturday night game, and I could see where Kirby Smart just wants to get out of there. He doesn't want a four-hour marathon. He just runs the football, just kind of, you know, keeps this thing at like a 10, 14-point spread and just gets out of there, hopes no injuries. Or I could see him absolutely unloading, trying to get that passing game going with Carson Beck and just, you know, and Ladd McConkey having a huge day, and they could put up over 40. 
you know, so, and just kind of going up tempos a little bit more of tempo stuff. So I, you know, I just, I, and I can't trust Lane Kiffin in a big game. I you're, just can't. You're very anti Lane Kiffin. No. Yeah. Oh yeah. I just, he, he just, he overthinks everything in a big, in big games. I just, I can't, I can't, I can't, ba- I can't back him in those type of games. So I, I, I got, I got Georgia win this thing. I think Ole Miss is, a, I think they're, I think they're a fraud nine and one team. I really wow, don't think they're that wow. great. Wow. They're nine and one I'm, in the SEC West. They're eight and one in the SEC West. They are. They got a good offense. They are, but like Tulane put up thirty with their backup quarterback. Yeah, they went on the road. You know, you know they beat LSU at home. Then they got a bad Arkansas team. They got Auburn on the road who stinks. They had Vandy, A&M at home. Like their schedule's been very favorable in the SEC. I feel like this year. Like I. I I, I think this is – I don't think this is – I think it's a good football team, but I don't think it's a 9-1 and one team. Like, I don't think they're going in the – in between – I don't think they're going out of Athens, Georgia, and knocking off Georgia. I, I, I just don't see it happening. Gotcha. I, gotcha. Not, you know, I can't – I'm not buying this Ole Miss team. I'm not. And the one thing in, in the my, – this is my conspiracy theory, too. If Saban does end up retiring, which I don't know if he will or not, Lane Kiffin wants that Bama job. Oh, yeah. He would be in, you know, knowing Kiffin, he knows if I can knock off Georgia, I could be sitting pretty well for that job. That job opens up. So that's where I see him doing some dumb decisions on like fourth and six at his own 40, trying to go for, you know, like, or, yeah. you know, I, so that, that's why, that's my conspiracy theory. So I got Georgia by like two, two scores. We'll stay in the SEC with Alabama and Kentucky. And I think maybe the game's closed for a quarter or a half, but I think in the second half, Alabama pulls away. I think Jalen Milroy is starting to play really, really well. I think he has a couple rushing touchdowns and a couple tu- and, a pa- and a couple passing touchdowns. And I think that uh, I think Bama's defense forced a couple turnovers. And I got Bama clinching the SEC West, beating Kentucky uh, 34-17. But, Justin, can Kentucky pull a big upset and hand Bama its second loss of the year? I don't think they will. I got Bama 31-17. Yeah, I could see this thing being closer half, sleepy, hangover for Alabama. It's a noon kick. You know, but if Ray Davis can uh, have a big game on the ground for Kentucky, I could see this thing keeping it close. But man, you know, the night they went to Georgia, they got absolute manhandled. I know they played Missouri the next week and they really struggled to win that one as well. Milrose starting to kind of, you know, start improving. I think, you know, he's been bound a hamstring and I think that was, he looked really healthy on Saturday night the way he was able to run the football. I think Jalen Milrose, Alabama's offense, is going to be able to kind of move the ball against Kentucky's defense. Again, Mark Stoops usually pretty good as a dog, but I just don't see Alabama coming in. I don't see Kentucky knocking off Bama. Again, I, I think, you know, Nick Saban after a bye, I, I think this team's starting to kind of roll and get better. You're kind of starting to see it as well. So I got the tide uh, going to the SC West and setting up that big showdown in about a month with uh, Georgia. Yeah, it looks like those two teams are going to be playing in that SC Championship game in Atlanta. It should be really exciting between those two teams. But we got the Battle of Florida this week as Miami takes on Florida State. Miami has definitely gone the other way, especially Tyler Van Dyke. He has really struggled through a lot of interceptions recently. Uh, Jordan Travis playing really well, though. Uh, with I, And I think this game's a blowout. I think that Benson has a big game. I think Travis has a big game. I think Coleman has a big game. I think Van Dyke throws a couple picks. I got Florida State staying undefeated, winning 38-17. to But can the Canes – we've seen it historically, and it's been a while since so they've done it. We've seen the Canes historically ruin, ruin the Seminole season. Can they do it this year? Can the Canes somehow ruin the Seminole season this year? And the only way they got they can do that is they're able to run the football. Because yeah, you mentioned it, Tyler Van Dyke right now. He's I, he looks broken out there. I don't know what it is, but yeah, his last two games he's got zero touchdowns, to five inter- interceptions. NC State's got a really good defense, but like Virginia's defense is nothing to write home about. Um, so they can run the football well enough, yeah. But I just. I don't know what's wrong with Van Dyke right now. I don't know if he's banged up, but it was a leg injury. Like, I don't think it's anything with his arm. So I'm really worried right now. And Keon Coleman, Johnny Wilson didn't play last week. I don't, it sounds like it was more precautionary, but like if those two don't play, you know, maybe Florida State or Miami keeps this thing interesting defensively, but I don't see it. And again, this is maybe one of the bigger coaching mismatches, Mike Norvell versus Mario Cristobal. And, you, yeah, what know, the heck? I remember the Georgia Tech game. What the heck was Mario Cristobal doing at the end oh, of that I, game? I, I I don't know. They they I, never take a knee. 
They never do for whatever reason. That's crazy. I, I, uh, I, how has he not been? Is he gonna get? Is he, he going to get fired for the season? First of all, he's got a ton of money. Oh, uh, he's got a ton of Miami oh, owes him a man. lot, and he's oh, recruiting man. at a very high level. I don't. Yeah, but they're not. They're, they're not winning no, games. Not. That's the no. problem. Yeah, that that is. But I I uh, I'm trying to remember what he's getting paid. But it, it's a lot of money. Miami had to offer him up, and I don't. Wow, that's. I think they'll give him. That's crazy. Probably another year or two, I think. But yeah, it's not good. I again, I said when he took the job, we left Oregon. Like maybe get him to the playoff, but he ain't winning anything big there. He he ain't. He just he's not a good game. He he's a heck of a recruiter, but yeah, he can't he can't win these big matchups. He can't. No, he definitely can't. Big Twelve matchup, no, a Pac Twelve matchup in Washington in in Washington as Utah uh, has the Washington to play them, and I think you know. Maybe Utah keeps us close for a for a half, but I think Washington pulls away in the second half. I think Penix has a big game, just like uh, Bo Nix did against them. I don't think this is going to be a little bit more competitive. I don't think Kyle Whittingham will get blown out like he did to Utah, but I think it's going to be a little bit more competitive. But I think Washington pulls away in the second half. I got Washington winning this one 34-20, but can the Utes hand Washington their first loss? Their first loss. No, no I got the uh, Huskies as well, 31-17. Washington looked better last week. They we're able to run the football really well, but everybody's able to do that against the Trojans. And, you know, Utah, that that score is a little bit misleading. They won 55 to three, but Arizona State was down seven offensive linemen. An Arizona defender actually uh, late uh, had a late hit against the Utah running back, and Kyle Winningham uh, took that personal, and they pretty much ran it up, and they knocked out that Arizona State quarterback out of the game. So, you know, a um, little frustration, I think, was taken out of the Utes last week. And I just, I, I you know, I, I, I got Washington 31-17. I don't think Utah, when they get behind, their passing attack, just it's not going to be able to keep up. And I think Penix plays well enough, and they do enough, and Washington wins by two scores at home. We got an SEC matchup in Missouri as the, as the uh, in Columbia as the Tennessee takes on Missouri. And I think this is a close competitive game. I think this game comes right down to the end. But I'm going to take the home team here. I'm going because Tennessee has not played well in the road. They lost to Florida. They lost at uh, they lost at uh, Alabama. They've not played well in the second half on the road either. I'm going to go with Missouri here. I'm going to go with Missouri in the upset to end uh, Tennessee's slim hopes to win the SEC West, SEC East. I got uh, I got Missouri winning this one, 31-28 over Tennessee. But can Tennessee keep their very slim chances to win the SEC East alive on Saturday? No, I got the Tigers as well, 20 to 24. Um, Luther Byrne in the Missouri wide receivers. He was on the injury report the other day, but it sounds like he's going to give it a go, which is going to be huge in this one. I think Brady Cook and um, does enough, and I think Eli Drinkowitz kind of schemes up enough open stuff for him and deal wise their other wide receiver. I think they play well. And uh, Missouri's been at, got it. It says, you know, Tennessee's blown out Missouri the last two years. So I feel like, too, that kind of revenge angle as well. And Tennessee, the old line's been banged up. And last week against UConn, their left tackle, John Campbell, didn't play. It sounds like that's another kind of precautionary one. But in some of the, like in that Florida game you mentioned, they were down a couple offensive linemen. Like, I, I think Missouri could get pressure on them and, and, you know, get pressure on Joe Milton in this one. And I think they stopped the running game or slow down the running game enough. And I think the Tigers at home get the win. We got a big 12 matchup in Fort Worth as Texas has the fourth worst to face TCU. And, uh, and I think this is going to be a close game. I think Sonny Dykes' team will keep it close for, for a half, but I think again, Texas pulls away in the second half with Brooks. I think they, I don't, I'm not sure if viewers are going to play or not, but I think Brooks and worthy. I think those guys are too much for this TCU defense. And I got Texas winning this game uh, 30 to 20 over TCU, but Justin can the Horn Frogs ruin their in-state rival season. I think they get a great chance, but I got the horns 27-24. Um, yeah, you were you know, Quinn Ears was throwing Monday during practice, but yeah, Sark didn't kind of give anything if he's playing or not. Um, you know, so so we'll we'll see if he can give it a go or not. But yeah, Malik Murphy did not have a very good second half in that game. Yeah, they very easily could have lost that game Saturday. They, you know, now you gotta go on the road in a conference conference game with your back quarterback. Usually that, you know. That could end in a disaster, um, but TCU, I think, it kind of exposed the Texas secondary. You know, they they'll hit some big plays. The problem with TCU is like they're they just been so inconsistent. You don't know what team's gonna show up, which is kind of like last year. You know, like they blow some teams out, and then they kind of let some of the teams they should have blown out kind of 
you know, stay, stay in the match. So it, it's been a very up and down year for the Horn Frogs. They might get Chandler Morris back their starting quarterback, but, you know, I still think they keep this in close. But I got Texas on the road surviving yet again 27-24. We'll wrap up with a Pac-12 matchup in Eugene as USC was really struggling, faces Oregon. And I think you, Oregon wins this game. I think they win it by a couple scores. They score a bunch of points. I don't think USC stops them at all. I think Bo Nix is a huge day. I think Caleb Williams will keep up with them for a little bit, but eventually it'll just it, Oregon's offense will be too much for USC. I got Oregon winning this one 52 to 31. I guess I have given up on Lincoln Riley, even though he fired his defensive coordinator. Uh, and uh, I, I, th- I think Oregon wins this by two or th- by three scores. But Justin, the big question is here is can Caleb Williams and USC ruin Oregon's season on Saturday night? No, I got the Ducks as well. Same score as you, 52 31. Yes, Alex Grinch was fired. Um, yeah, that should have been probably years ago. Um, but look, you know, Washington, who has not really run the ball all year. Dylan Johnson at 256 yards, 199 of those came before contact. Like, you know, now you're going up against an Oregon team that's even more physical than Washington is. And on the road, yeah, I'd be surprised if Oregon even punts, punts once in this game. Like, I, Bo Nix, Bucky Irving, their running back, should just go run all over this USC defense. And, and I could see the Ducks kind of getting pressure like Nordane did in that game where, you know, Caleb Williams threw a couple interceptions. Like I could kind of see Caleb in this game. They fall behind early, try to kind of, you know, you know, fit some balls in some some small windows. And, you know, I just don't think USC has got much of a chance in this one. Um, And yeah, and USC Lincoln Riley wants to be serious about defense. Go get the former Wisconsin DC now at Illinois, the defense analyst and Jim Leonard, go get him because he knows the big 10 very well, but. Absolutely. That'd be, that'd be a great that. hire. That'd be, but that yeah, would be. So, that'd be a great hire. But yeah, yeah. Lincoln Riley's in for a rude awakening when he comes mm-hmm. to the big time. He, he's in for a rude awakening next year. And even this year, he struggled in the Pac 12. Mm-hmm. But even though the Pac 12 is really good, but he struggled in, in his own backyard. He's going to be, he's in for a rude awakening going to the big 10. But UConn basketball opened their season on Monday night. But before we give you their season preview, we're going to hear from our friends at JPEG Financial and Shamrock Home Inspections. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEG's Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person doing all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. Season on Monday night at Gamble, they raised the banner for their 2023 National Championship. And uh, they open up winning 95 to 52 over Northern Arizona. But the big question is going into the season is, should they be the favorite to repeat as national champions? And I'm going to say no, because every single time UConn 
has won a national title, 99, and to the 2000 season, they didn't get out of the second round. 2004, then in 2005, they didn't get out of the second round again. Uh, 2011, 2012, they didn't get out of the first round. And then we all know in 2015, they missed the tournament entirely, but that was the Kevin Alley. It was Kevin Alley, so I don't there's no chance of that happening. We actually have a really good coach uh, now in Dan Hurley, not a coach that benefited from someone else's team winning a team in Kevin Alley. So, so I don't think so. We know they're going to make the tournament. That, that, that's obvious. That, that, that's definitely going to happen. But the biggest question is, are they going to repeat? I just don't think it's just so hard to repeat in college basketball. I think they have a team to do it. I think they definitely have a team to do it. I love Castle, Cam Spencer, uh, Klingon, and Kirbin should be better this year. Uh, uh, you got Tristan Newton back too. So I think they got the team to do it. But I just think it's so hard in college basketball to repeat. So I'm going to say no. They shouldn't be the favorite to repeat. Yeah, I. I have them, um, I think, you know, like kind of fourth, fifth best kind of chance to win it all. Like, I think they have one of the better shots to do it. Which the they're in the mix, years. which, which oh, listen, yeah. listen, listen, they have a chance. They're a contender, absolutely. I just think it's so hard to do it in college basketball. The last team to, to repeat was Florida in uh, 2007. And that, that Florida team was just that. That was all NBA dudes. That's yeah, so, it, that it, all came back. And yeah, and if you backtrack from that, the last team to repeat was Duke in '91 and '92. Mm, that was uh, Hurley was on that team though. Uh, his Bob. brother was on the team, not yeah. not Dan. Yes. His brother was on the team, but there was a Hurley on that team. Yeah, so may, maybe, but yeah, you know, you know, again, they um, you lose three really great leaders. You know, Andre Jackson just do a little bit of everything. Sonogo just a physical presence down low. And then Jordan Hawkins, who I, I don't think I've ever seen, besides like Rip Hamilton and Ray Allen, just come off of screens the way he does. Like that's just something you never see. And the Pelicans are I've been watching a ton of Pelicans, Dan. They're, they're playing they're, well. They're running. Yeah. They're, they're running well. a ton of sets for him. Yeah. yeah. He's playing well. Yeah. So it's been great to see him do well. So you just you lose three terrific leaders. And you got Caribbean clinging, and you're, you know. You're younger too this year, which sometimes you see the youth in college basketball doesn't always pan out. So, you know, I think they're up there. They got one of the better chances right now. You know, I think if they had Duke or Kansas ran across their name, they'd probably be like second right now in the country, you know. But again, I like that about UConn is we're not, nobody really, they kind of always go under the radar. i rather have that than always have the national media attention in front of us. So, Look, I think this team's got a chance, but yeah, it's just so impossible to do that I don't see it happening. I see this team getting out of the first weekend. Like that's something we haven't done after you mentioned after we won a championship. I think that team's gonna be able to do it. But yeah, I just you know, there is a path though. It's Brooklyn and Boston. You know, they can Ooh, get to Brooklyn and Boston. If they get a top seed, that's big. That's big. Yeah. Brooklyn. So is uh is Boston. what's Brooklyn? Is that that's the uh, first second round. That's first like second the, round. Yeah, and then, and then Boston. Boston the re- I think if they get a top seed, they could be going to Boston. I wouldn't be surprised about, yeah. about that. Me neither. So that so like there is that path there where you could do it and you could kind of have some home court advantage, but you know it is still a very tough task to do. So we'll see. But I think they they have a shot, and I think they have one of the better shots in the last couple of years of recent national champions. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Now. The, the big question is, is UConn was picked for third in the media preseason poll. I'm not a fan of that. I think they should have been picked higher than that because of seeing that the, I think their team is as good as Creighton and their team is good, as good as Marquette. So in my opinion, I, I think they are should be the favorite to win the Big East. I, I know they didn't win the Big East last year. They won the national championship, but they didn't win the Big East last year. But in my opinion, I think they should be the favorite to win the Big East because Stefan Castle was completely disrespected in, 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 in the, in the, for, for the preseason all-Big East team. He was he wasn't even on the second team. The guy's projected to be a top three pick. How is he not on the second team? I think the addition of Spencer is going to help. I think obviously, as I talked about Klingon and Caravan, and I know that you know Marquette and uh, and Creighton, you know, returned their top two scores. Marquette, Tyler Kolick's back. Cam Jones is back from Tyler Kolick, and Cam Jones are back from Marquette. And then you look at Creighton. You got uh, you got uh, you got Trey Alexander, and you got uh, Cal Brent, Ryan Cal Brent are back for them. So they got their two top top scores back. And UConn lost their two top scorers in Sonogo and Hawkins. But they have a guy in Stefan Castle that has the potential to be the better better than anybody in this conference. Even though he was disrespected, he has potential to be better than anybody in this conference. I, I And I think Klingon was going to be improved. He will, I, don't think, I don't know if he replaces Sonogo completely, but I think he'll be definitely improved. I think he'll average 
you know, about 13 to 15 points a game. I think Carabin's going to average about 12 points a game, a good three-point shooter. Cam Spencer averaged 13 a game at Rutgers. So I think offensively, if you look at the team offensively, four of the five guys can hit threes and they got a good big. So I just don't see why this team shouldn't be the favorite to win the Big East. I think they should be the favorite to win the Big East. Justin, do you think they should be the favorite to win the Big East? I have them third. I think they're in a good spot. Really? I think third. Yeah. Yeah. I have them third. I, I went back and forth them and Cray in all offseason. But, and I was telling you before the show, I think Kaluma leaving, I think it's good. I think that helps. And I think even Nemhart, too, was a little ball dominant. And because Crane's offense, they, lo- they love to move the ball. They and, love to and, keep coming. And you're, and you're a Greg McDermott guy. I do like, yeah, I think he's a very good coach. I think he's a phenomenal. I know he had that one incident, but like outside of that, I think he's a very phenomenal coach. And he even said, he kind of called out, I don't know if it was Nemhart or he called out or Kaluma, but. He was like Spencer Ashworth. He knows when he gives up the ball, he knows he's there's a chance he's not going to get it back. Like, oh, wow. so, you know, he's calling out one of those two guys, maybe even both of them. But, um, so I, I and Crane's offense look really good. They played 4 a.m., but that, you know, and with Marquette, the one thing I do worry about Marquette is you think of Shaka. He didn't do well at Texas because you're at Tech. Like, he was picked ninth last year. I never understood that one. Like, I had them, like, six last year, I believe. Yeah. You know, he's great at bulletin board kind of motivating. Now you got the target on the back. So, like, that one worries me a bit, but you yeah, have to pull it You're back. right about Shaka Smart. He, when he seems to be expected to win, he never really lives up to the hype. Like, like when he yep. made that run, VCU wasn't expected to win. Texas, he never really lived up to the hype. Yeah, And last year, wasn't expected to do much, but they won the Big East. So, yeah, it seems mm-hmm. like when Shaka's not ex- is expected to win, he's not as good. Yep. Yeah. Do you know the last time he got out of the second, uh, first weekend of the NCAA tournament? When? Was 2011. That, that, that VCU year. team. Yeah. yeah that that Final Four team. So, yep. yeah, it's it's been a while. So now we'll, so I could maybe see Cray or Marquette, but I understand why that whole team's back. You give them the respect that they do deserve. So I get them one, one. Um, but yeah, with UConn, again, I could see them winning. Like Caravan, he had 22 there and I didn't even feel like he had 22. Like, now, you know, to talk about the castle respect, Carabin, he was honorable mention too. And again, last year, they didn't get rookie of the year. They gave it to Whitmore. Like, yeah. you know, Dan Hurley's been putting that in his head every day oh, at yeah. practice. So, look, you know, I think, I think you know, Hurley probably likes it too to motivate the team. But, you know, Cam Spencer, I thought, was very unselfish the other day. Like, you know, and he's a guy I think his numbers going to go up because Rutgers just, they slowed the game down and all that. So he's going to have a lot more possessions um offensively to kind of score but yeah like i do and i thought the freshman played well we're gonna they're gonna be tested it's not kind of like it's not gonna be like last year where they just steamrolled everybody um you know so we'll kind of see how they how they do but yeah i think third's good again it's this conference is loaded like this is the best I know, villanova villanova's villanova's got a good team uh, i i mean i think that providence has hopkins but i don't think they'll be as good without cooley they got they get they got they got their best player back in bryce hopkins you know xavier yeah, they lost a lot. Oh, Sean yeah. Miller. Sean Miller's there. Do you think they'll be Man, better, Xavier? Zach Fremantle and Jerome Hunter both out for the year. So Ooh. I think they're going to struggle. They didn't look yeah, great yeah. the other night. Gotcha. They're going to have gotcha. to rely on, like, kind of transfer guards again to kind of get yeah. the will themselves. So. But don't forget yeah, but, Patino at St. John's. And and Seth Greenberg said last night they're a tournament team. St. John's? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You think that, so? that, they got – there's a lot of mid-major transfers, so like that's my one worry. But I think there's a lot of talent, and he's pressing still. Like the defense is a work in progress. I feel like, um, but I, you know, Patino's gonna have that team by February, March in yeah, rare yeah. form. So I think that's a team that could get to maybe that's gonna be a that's gonna be a fun, you know, especially Thursday at the tournament because you're gonna have UConn there. You're gonna obviously have Mark Creighton and Marquette. And uh, we'll, well, you're gonna Villa, you're in Villanova, but you're definitely I think you're gonna St. John's definitely gonna get to the second day of that tournament. They may even get to the semifinals because Joel Soriano is one of the best players in the league. He's got he developed a jump shot too, which yeah. is even more scary. So he's and another you know, one. Patino that... will make you do that. Patino's gonna make it. Ju- you can't just stand near the basket. Patino will make it. He knows he yep. knows what's going on. Patino. Oh yeah, yes, yes he does. So yeah, you know, that's he's one of the better guys. So, yeah, he's slick, Rick. We know he has, you know you know his pass, but yeah. he's you know. Good at, he's very good exes those coach. So, yeah. um, look, you know, he's, he's, he's going to relish that. And yeah, St. John's, they haven't been the semifinals since 2003. 
the Big yeah. East semifinals. Like it's yeah. been a while. So yeah. yeah, this is definitely the year they're going to be good. So yeah, like this, the conference is loaded. Uh, DePaul already, the poor DePaul. That, that, yeah, I know. That, Do you think Cooley's going to, I think that Georgetown can maybe, you know, get to maybe day two of the tournament or they not still very, down? They don't, they don't Even have though, the bigs. Gotcha. They don't have the gotcha. bigs. And with they, Mata and Butler, do you think Butler will be, and they got, they got one of the, they got Pasha Alexander. Do you think they'll be a little better Butler? I think they'll be a little bit better, but I still don't love that roster. Like I heard, you know, he was talking like some of the guys just didn't gel well last year. Yeah. You know, um, they got a kid, DJ Davis from, um, he played at UC Irvine last year, really good score, yeah. you know, shot 40% from three, but like sometimes this conference, it's tough to rely on mid-major guys to come in here and kind of be the guy. So exactly, I think they're destined to be like ninth, 10th, somewhere around there. But again, yeah. with that Mata, I still believe that you kind of get it going, but they don't spend like the other team. Like they, they're kind of a fish out of the water the way they spend and all yeah. that, unfortunately. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. You know, so you so you would say again. so you would say top six teams, uh, obviously Marquette, Creighton, Yukon, Villanova, uh uh Providence and uh St. John's. Yeah, the only one I'd I'd have St. John's five, Providence six, but yeah, other than gotcha. that, I agree with the rest of the yeah, that's gotcha. my top six gotcha. and Gotcha. You know, if Xavier gets seven, do well enough. You could, I think, could have seven teams in, in the NCAA tournament. I think wow. six is very likely. I think it's yep. possible if Xavier could figure it out, they'll have seven this year, which would gotcha. be gotcha. awesome. Gotcha. Yeah, it would be nice. That would be really, really nice for the Big East. But that's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with RJ. For Justin Anafrio, I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week talking about week 11 of the NFL season and week 12 of the college football season. Have a great weekend, everyone. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley. And Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him. He taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. My name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Meek, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, the Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.